Welcome to Greatness, where the world's leading thinkers share their ideas about how to create greatness, great leaders, great teams, and great organizations. Why be good when you can be great? This is Gretchen Gagel, and I am so excited today to welcome Stephen Mulva of the Construction Industry Institute to the Greatness Podcast. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks, Gretchen. Really glad to be here. I've had um, such good fortune to have interacted with the Construction Industry Institute in Texas, uh, based in Texas at the University of Texas since the early 90s, and the tremendous pleasure of working with you, Stephen, over the last few years as you work to impact the construction industry. And I love to start with my guests about Kind of how did you get to this point in your journey? How, Stephen, did you become interested in affecting systemic change in the engineering and construction space? It actually started a long time ago. Um, My grandfather on my mother's side was a contractor and built small commercial buildings and houses in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I, I remember as a kid driving around with him and he was pointing out all the different buildings that he had built and the stories and it just really impressed upon me, you know, we're the, this is the industry that builds the world. And it's, I mean, it sounds kind of like lofty to say, but there's no civilization without engineering and construction or architecture, engineering, construction. And uh, so that's why I'm, I'm really passionate about it. And also there's, there's nothing that you can buy that's more expensive than a capital project. I, I, well, maybe if you tried to buy a, a big company or something, but now even some of our largest capital projects are in the tens of billions of dollars. And so if, if you were to even list these projects on the stock exchange, I mean, a lot of them would be in the Fortune 500 or, or something like that. And so it's a bit of a runaway train. And I, I, I really want to get it back into that core part of, of really what we do in this industry. And that is we use these capital projects to improve people's lives, you know, and along the way it helps their, uh, their shareholders or their owners of the, of the suppliers and the architecture firms and the construction firms and, and, the, com- and the people and the owners that uh, we're working for. But um, yeah, there's gotta be a better way. And, and I don't know, it just goes back a long time ago to dri- driving around Green Bay, Wisconsin with my grandfather. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, my father was a construction equipment dealer. He dealt um, Heister, Barber Green, Komatsu. And um, so I grew up in that same construction industry. And it's interesting when I came back into the industry after a bit of a hiatus, uh, my girlfriend said, really, construction? Like you, you work in the construction industry. And I said, yeah, we are the builders and maintainers of society. I mean, the assets, like if you want to have a baby in a hospital or drive on a road or plug your cell phone in and have it charged, that all has to be constructed. And I think that um, sometimes, um, you know, our industry is taken a bit for granted, but it's an industry full of wonderful people that I love. And the Construction Industry Institute has played such an important role in the construction industry. So we we may have listeners around the world that do, don't fully understand what an important role the Construction Industry Institute, CII, plays in construction. Can you talk a little bit to that role? Sure. CII was formed in 1983. It was actually the outgrowth of uh, 
a study done by the Business Roundtable in the United States. The Fortune 500 CEOs were getting together, and this was in the late 70s, and they said, you know, one of our biggest problems is engineering and construction projects are uh, outpacing inflation. And, of course, in the United States at that time, inflation was in the high teens, and they were trying to do something about it. So one of the main recommendations after about a three-year study was a university needs to really take this on and do true academic research to try to solve uh, you know, problems that really plagued uh, the engineering construction industry. So uh, there was a professor, uh, Richard Tucker, at the University of Texas Civil Engineering faculty who saw that and said, I, you know, I think I can get some companies together to do that. Um, the other point to mention is that in, in the U.S., uh, the government doesn't really fund research in very applied industries such as construction. So the idea started, CII started with about 30 companies that all chipped in a little bit of money to have, you know, have a fund which, with which they could research these very applied uh, concerns at the time. And the first things that, that they worked on uh, were safety and productivity, and, and those things remain with us today. And so we've had uh, literally 280 different academic research studies over the last 38 years. Uh, CII continues to be part of the University of Texas, where was considered an organized research unit of the Cockrell School of Engineering. So we're not not for profit. We have about 130 companies today. They still chip in money, and with that, uh, we have. Uh, about $7 million a year that, that we invest directly into trying to make this industry better. And that's kind of how it works. Um, besides the, the, the financial part, uh, our companies donate a lot of time. So really, it's, we leverage that by a factor of five or eight or more in terms of uh, just how much we can get done with. Essentially, it's a decent amount of money, but when we leverage that with the the passions of so many, literally hundreds and thousands of, of people um, over the years that have really rolled up their sleeves and helped make the industry better. That's really the secret to CII success over the years. It's so interesting because I really credit CII with having reshaped the way the construction industry thinks about safety globally um, with the owners really kind of demanding that, hey, we've got to have a certain safety record. If, if you don't have a certain safety record, then you're not going to be able to uh, bid on our jobs. And, and as you said, Stephen, the fact that you all are putting together teams, research teams that include the engineers, the contractors, the owner companies working together to think about safety and productivity, et cetera, um, it's really a, a phenomenal organization that's had a tremendous impact on the on the industry. And when, when you joined, I'm trying to think what year you, you uh, became the leader of CII. This is where my memory always fails me. I want to say 2000. Oh, right at the very end of 2015. 2015. I was close. I was going to say 2016. So your leadership over the last six years, you and I started working together back when I was at Continuum Advisory Group um, in thinking about really moving some needles in change. Um, I had left the industry, as I said, for I think seven years and came back and we were having exactly the same conversations we've been having when I left seven years earlier about diversity, about lack of trust, about litigation, cost of litigation, about 
you know, uh, slow adoption of lean practices and, and a multitude of different things. And I was so thrilled, Stephen, to hear your initial vision around thinking about change, which ultimately manifested itself and no pun intended, in a manifesto for change. So tell us a little bit about where that came from, that thinking about the need to make some really leapfrog change happen in the engineering and construction space. Sure, yeah. At the beginning of 2016, I was invited to give a talk to the Upstream Oil and Gas Group. They were meeting near Houston, and they said, what what do you see in the future? I mean, where is this industry headed? And this kind of thing. And, and uh, they said, you know, we want you to be provocative. And so I, I really thought about it and I gave them basically, it was a top 10 list of, of where I thought it might be going. But I had been giving this a lot of thought for really since the mid nineties, uh, when I was, when I was working at a large EPC firm, Fleur, and Fleur is a great company. But uh, what I really saw was that there were uh, more and more companies getting into the business, doing different things. There's a lot of specialization, fragmentation, and that the business side of architecture, engineering, construction had not evolved. Um, I, I come from a family of, I'll say bankers, but really just finance people. I'm the only engineer, and this is on my dad's side. They're all finance people. And, I, and I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of that because that's part of my research and a bit of a scholar in, in project finance. And I just thought, wow, if we, if we ever could figure out what we're doing from a business standpoint, we could get back to the core part of what makes the industry great, which is doing the planning and the design and, and pulling it all together out on the site and then running an efficient facility. And, uh, but there was this, all this other stuff that was getting in the way. And in fact, it's about 40%, 41% of total installed cost of the first cost of a facility is waste. It's transactional waste. It's it's buried in contracts and risk protection schemes and bidding scenarios and duplicate insurance and on and on and on. And it doesn't actually end up in the final facility. And wow, what if what if we could really study this and and try to understand how could we change for the better? Uh, maybe even leverage technology, but change for the better at a, a very fundamental way of how the, how the companies and the participants interacted, it kind of started from there. And by the time, uh, this would have been the summer of 2017 that I think Gretchen, uh, we were working together, running some workshops. We were trying to find the most visionary people we could come up with in any industry. And we brought them together in three different workshops in the US, one on the East Coast, West Coast, and in the middle of the country. And that's really where a lot of the foundational elements of what's now known as operating system two, it's a terrible name. Um, it was never intended to stick, but you know, engineers love acronyms. So here we are, OS two, yeah, it's making great progress at this point. Yeah, those workshops were so amazingly fun to pull people together, to think in a visionary way about how to change the industry, to come up with this manifesto for change. And then interestingly, we went out and did a study with the construction user roundtable to ask the industry, do we need this type of manifesto for change? And, over, you know, we talked to what, I think close to 40 uh, very influential organizations in the global engineering and construction industry. And it was, yes, yes, we do need this manifesto for change. So tell us where OS2 is today and um, and 
what, what the progress is so far and, and what you see in the future for OS2. Sure. Well, it took, it took a while to convince everybody to get on board with funding research in this area, but we did so about a year and a half ago. And uh, in our first year, we had about $1.6 million of funding. Uh, we looked at four different areas. Uh, one we call goal congruence and, and how do teams get together. And uh, it's actually led by a cognitive psychologist because there's a lot of psychology in getting people to work together. What's resulted in that is something we call the neighborhood. We interact in this industry as strangers. And so we put contracts between us. But uh, if we acted more as neighbors, um, and of course, the other end of the spectrum is family. You'll do anything for family. You won't ask for any money. You know, but in between family and strangers, we have neighbors and they're in it for the long term. They want to be good neighbors with each other. Uh, so at a foundational level, how does that look? Uh, the second group is suppliers or early supplier engagement. We realize that so much of the innovation in our industry is with the suppliers in the supply chain. But oftentimes there are 8, 10, 12 layers deep. Um, in contracts from at the very top, you typically have the owners or the investors with banks and maybe large construction management firms or EPC firms. But these suppliers are eight, 10 layers down and they're the ones who have all this innovation. And the question was, how do you flatten the supply chain? You know, everybody's always talking about that. But in this case, how do you get that innovation out early? The third one was better risk, and we call that dynamic risk management. And we're really looking at what are ways that people can share risks with each other uh, anonymously. There's a, there's a parallel, uh, it's a fake scenario, but just imagine a, a group of 25 millionaires, and I guess maybe they belong to a country club, and they, they got together and they, they all wanna know of the 25 of them, who's the wealthiest. But the problem is they're unwilling to actually say how much money that they have. So they want, and this is a, this is the risk game that we play in this industry. Um, we all have different, as we come together on a project, we all have different perspectives of risk. And, uh, but we, we might be unwilling to share that if we think that somebody could, could game it to, to beat us out in a contract or something like that. And that's where the fourth research team, the fourth and final one comes we call that gamification and smart contracts and blockchain, because just like in the, the millionaires game, we can actually use blockchain to securely provide, uh, to let each of the 25 millionaires say exactly how much money they have without any of the, any of the rest of them knowing uh, who it is. So they can just, the returns can come back like, uh, you're the fourth wealthiest, but the, the richest person in this group has, you know, $100 million. I'm, I'm making this up. And we can do the same thing with risk in, in our industry. So those are our, our four research teams. Um, they've got a lot of momentum. We're actually going to pilot test this now. Uh, one of the really interesting things is there's a group of 12 companies. Uh, they're all commercial contractors, suppliers, some architecture and engineering firms in the U.S., uh, they want to be the first OS2 compliant neighborhood. Uh, they meet every other Friday and they're going to try to put it in practice. So we're building two blockchains right now. We're building the dynamic risk algorithms. We're building a, what's called a DSM. It's a, it's a design structure model so that suppliers can get, get engaged early and we're building out the tenants of that neighborhood. So uh, a lot's happened, but it's pretty exciting. And I think 
the middle to end of 2021, uh, we're going to see this actually put in practice by some real companies on real projects. Mm, that's so exciting, Stephen. I mean, that's, um, you know, I was telling someone the other day as I, as I get older, um, you know, figuring out ways to move the needle in our industry, not just a little bit, but a lot. And that's what I really respect about your vision in the Construction Industry Institute and OS2, um, how you're working to move the needle. It, it's, it's very interesting to me, though. We're, we're an industry that takes so much risk. I mean, you look at some of the projects we do, it's really incredible. Um, but I joke, and having been born in Missouri, uh, which is what's called the show me state for those of my friends in Australia that may not know what that means. I'm not going to believe it until somebody shows me. And I joke sometimes that the engineering and construction industry is a little bit like that. How do we propel forward uh, the types of changes that we need to make in our industry? It's always uh, kind of joke about this, but there's so many companies in this particular industry that are like, well, I don't want to be first because that's a little dangerous, but I, I want to be second. And mm -hmm. you, when you have an entire industry of people who want to be second, there's nobody left who's going to show you what it is. So it's it's hard to find pioneers. They always say pioneers are the people with the arrows in their back. But um, I, I think in this particular case, the the challenge, it's so visceral. It, it people realize like, yeah, we absolutely have to do something different here. Um, these 12 companies that are, are coming together to build the first digital neighborhood or OS2 compliant ecosystem, uh, they're just tired. They're tired of the battles. They're tired of the uh, lack of transparency that exists in the industry amongst each other. And there's, they just said enough's enough. We we want to study this, we want to get better, and we want to do it now. Um, part of it's also the people who are in that, they're of a, of, of a generation that they're ready to hand on their firms to the next set of people, and they, they want to leave it in a better place, for, for not just for their company, but uh, just for this industry broadly. So I think there's some altruistic behavior going on here by a number of people who have just said, uh, yeah, we're tired of the games. We want to just get down to the real business that we that we like, which is designing and building and uh, improving people's lives through what it is that we do. And uh, they're ready to get started with it, which is awesome to see. It is awesome. I think it um, it's so interesting, too, that this is a global challenge that coming to Australia in uh, September of 2018 and rolling up my sleeves and finding people in the engineering and construction space here. Plus the fact that CII has 11 global affiliates um, around the world, but people are having these same conversations in, um, in Australia. In fact, I'm now involved in a group called the Construction Industry Culture Task Force to um, work to markedly shift the culture of construction here in Australia. And I think people are tired. I mean, they're tired of the stress. They're tired of not taking care of our people. And this 41% waste that you talk about, Stephen, that's documented. I mean, that's not a number that's made up. We have an incredible amount of waste in the industry, and that's a global challenge. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so many people, when I got into this business, uh, they always talked about construction being the three D's, dirty, difficult, and dangerous. Um, actually, there was a fourth one, divorce, which was if, you know, it's this is so demanding on people's lives that 
that even though they're great people, sometimes it, it wrecks families and, you know, relationships. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? It can be a lot better. And uh, the, the human aspect of this thing is, is really important. I, even on our team one uh, that's led by the cognitive psychologist, um, it, it's that. It's how do we be better to each other? How do we work in teams in a, in a positive way instead of you know, beating each other down? And how can we come together? And it's hard because you work with different people all the time. Every project has a different set of companies and stakeholders and regulators and so on and so forth. But um, at the end of the day, almost everybody is, is out there trying to, trying to do their best to, to do the right thing and, and just be paid a, a fair amount of money for uh, the risks that they're taking and the, and the good work that they're doing. And it can be a lot better. And, and we, we now can see a path forward for this, which is, which is really exciting, I think. So I'm a listener out there. I'm somehow, you know, related engineering construction. I would expand that into energy. You know, we have a lot of mining over here in Australia. We're all doing, you know, um, constructive things. Um, what 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 can I do? I'm a listener out there. I'm a I'm a leader informally, formally. What what steps can I take to help move this initiative forward? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, for people who who want to, I mean, there's the, there's a direct research funding opportunity through the call industry affiliates program at the University of Texas, but it, it starts at about a hundred thousand dollars. So um, the other way to do it is just to participate through, uh, through CII and we, ha- we have a website for this. And so um, our researchers, uh, it doesn't cost anything to participate with our researchers. So if there's something interesting going on uh, at, for people in their companies or on their projects, we want to hear about it. And if they're willing to, to talk to our research teams about it, uh, that's probably one of the best ways, uh, short of being you know, involved directly as a, as a sponsor for the effort. Um, we are broadening it out. We are looking for pilot projects eventually. So um, even later this year that that will start, uh, that's probably the best I can answer at this point. Great. And what's that website, Stephen? It's os2.construction-institute.org. Great. os2.construction-institute.org. I'm sure there are lots of people out there that would love to talk to your researchers and share their experiences. And I and I really feel like this is something that we're all going to need to lock arms. And And one of the things like making these connections, the associated general contractors and the efforts they're doing around the culture of care, the work that's being done in Australia and all your affiliates around the world. I really feel that it's going to take many, many people um, leveraging resources in an impactful way to make this change happen. That's right. Yeah. It really takes a lot of people. It, the biggest word right now for me is diversity. We, we just need a diversity of thought uh, of people coming from all different geographic areas, different industry sectors, different demographics, um, coming together to, to help us imagine what's possible here in a, in a much more efficient business model for this industry. Uh, the stuff we're coming up with isn't necessarily groundbreaking. It's, it's done in other places. It just hasn't been applied properly in our industry. So we think we can, we can change that. We can get to a fast start and we can have much more efficient 
projects that meet people's needs uh, really in short order. Great. Stephen, I'm so I'm so grateful that there are people like you that will stand up and say we need to do things in a different way and will help lead us um, thinking about those, getting those diverse voices to the table, really providing leadership, thought leadership in the industry. I really applaud you for that. What's your vision? What's the, what's the thing you're the most excited about over the next year or two that's going to happen as we, as we wrap up this podcast? Well, I, I think it's starting to get these innovations actually out in the field and on some on some real projects and pilot test them. And some of them are going to work and some aren't going to work and we're going to retool. But uh, that's the nature of, of progress. It's a lot of times it's two or three steps forward and you know one step back. But uh, that that's what I'm most excited about because I can see the the energy, the enthusiasm, the researchers and the companies and everybody involved and and they want to make this happen. I think it is going to happen. It's been a long journey. So that's what's particularly gratifying is that this should start happening out in the field this year. And yeah, it's going to be exciting. That's so great. What I'm really excited for is to do another podcast in a year. You know, let's let's talk again in 12, 18 months and hear about this wonderful progress and continue to get the word out there about the great work that you're doing, because it really... Um, CII is an amazing organization. OS2 is an incredible initiative. And once again, Stephen, I'm really grateful to you for the leadership that you provide in the industry. Thank you so much for joining Greatness today. No problem. I appreciate being here. And thanks for all that you do in, uh, in getting the word out. So it's through podcasts like this that that is going to make that uh, dissemination of these advances possible. So thanks a lot. Interested in hearing more? Visit us at greatnessconsulting.com. Thank you.